Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here once again on WMAF, your hometown radio station, Madison, North Florida, South Georgia, driving down the interstate. As long as you can get this signal, I do pray that you will stay tuned for this important message today as we begin a new teaching in the Word of God. Uh, I would ask for people to raise their hands, but not you that are driving your cars. I couldn't see you anyway. But I believe that in your heart you can give uh, an, an affirmation to this statement I'm about to make today. How many people uh, are feeling the pressure and the stress of living in a faulty body in a fallen world? We have to recognize as Christ taught us, in this world, this world in the state that it's in, this fallen world, you shall have tribulation. The Greek word is thelpsis, and it means anguish, pressure, and anxiety. And every person on the planet is feeling the pressure of living in a faulty body in a fallen world. Uh, the original sin has brought the curse upon the entire world, and this has been accelerating and being accentuated uh, in the last days that we are now living in. The perilous time is here, and I believe God wants to distinguish us who are Christians today with a peace and a rest in our hearts and in our souls and in our lives that will set us in contrast with a world that can never find peace. Uh, any Anywhere you go, it's not for sale. A billionaire cannot buy a good night's sleep. So we're going to be talking today about returning to our resting place. I'm reminded, I can't help but re be reminded, and I'm not saying this in a condescending or condemning way, um, poor Michael Jackson, who could not sleep, could not get one night's rest with all of his fame, with all of his fortune. He had to be put under the same thing that occurs when you're having surgery. He had to be put under. He couldn't go to sleep, not even with a sleep aid. And it finally caught up with him. Friend of mine, we are in desperate need uh, to find and return to our resting place as Christians. And when we do, I believe the world about us is going to wonder, how can we be hopeful? And how can we have an attitude of positive uh, anticipation of good and not of terror terror, and not of, of the awful things that are coming on the earth? How can we see beyond that and see the soon coming of Jesus and know that until He comes, He is with us every step of the way until He comes. And there's a great peace in returning to our resting place. I want you to turn with me today to Jeremiah 50 and verse 6 on this teaching, returning to our resting place. I want, before I read, I want to uh, just give you a few statistics. This disorder afflicts 70 million Americans and is blamed for 38,000 deaths every year. Annually, it costs the U.S. $70 billion worth of productivity. 
Studies show that 64% of teenagers blame this illness for poor school performance. Middle-agers face it. Researchers say that the most severe cases occur between ages 30 and 40. Senior citizens are afflicted by it. One study suggests that the condition impacts 50% of the over 65 population. I'm certainly part of that number now. Treatments involve everything from mouth guards to herbal teas to medication. Any idea what we're talking about? It's insomnia. Thanks to our lack of peace and all the subsequent anxiety that plagues our lives, America can't get to sleep. We are all physically tired. When was the last time any of us woke up and felt well rested and ready to spiritually run the race and physically uh, to meet all the responsibilities uh, that uh, the world demands of us in these days? In an effort to deal with the symptoms of this problem, Americans like you and me consume 30 tons of aspirins, sleeping pills, and tranquilizers every single day. You see, friend, we live in a sin-darkened world. The stress created by fear and anxiety is affecting even small children, and Christians are not immune to the pressures of life in a fallen world. We must get back. We must get back to our resting place. Jeremiah 50 and verse 6 says, My people hath been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. You see, they're looking. They're looking for that resting place and failing to find it. You know, I believe in the book of Daniel, there's more to that scripture about the the last days when it says many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. I don't believe it's just travel because of the technology that we have. I believe it is this search, this constant search for peace and never being able to find it. Many shall run to and fro. And it says that shepherds have not led them to their resting place, but they have directed them uh, to, to, to go here and go there. And if you do this and if you do that, you will find what you're looking for. We have a materialistic message today in the church of Jesus Christ that material wealth can give you this peace. And friend of mine, we have, we have known for years that without the peace that only Christ can give, there is going to be no peace, no peace, and no rest. And that's why we need this message so desperately. Jeremiah 50 and verse 6 in the Amplified says, My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray to favorite places of idolatry. On mountains that seduce, they have gone from one sin to another, mountain to hill. They have forgotten their own resting place. You know, as Max Lucado reminds us, only one other living creature has as much trouble resting as we do. Not dogs, they doze. Not bears, they hibernate. 
Cats invented the catnap and sloths snooze 20 hours a day. Most animals have enough sense to know how to rest with one exception, sheep. For sheep to sleep, everything must be right. No predators, no fear of predators, no tension in the flock, no bugs in the air attacking them, no hunger in the belly. Everything has to be just so, so they can rest. But they can't take care of all these worries on their own. This is where the shepherd comes in. He finds the best pasture, one with no poisonous plants and plenty of water. Shepherds anoint their sheep's head with oil that acts as a repellent to keep the pesky insects away. You know, the, the, the Psalm 23, the great shepherd's psalm, says, Thou anointest my head with oil. They even scour the pasture to find snake holes, and they encircle the mouth of these holes with oil so the snakes can't get out and hurt their flock. Even as the psalm says, they have to take each sheep's head in their hand and make them lie down, forcing them to focus on Him. This calms them, and then they can finally rest. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He anoints our head with oil. Friend, our resting place is in God and our trust in Him and our focus upon Him and in Christ our Savior. Some years ago, a family visited a cave in the state of Kentucky where I was born. Could have been the cave that I've been in uh, more than once, and that's Cudjoe's Cave near Middlesboro, but there are other caves in Kentucky. The God led them through many beautiful and winding subterranean passageways. Suddenly, he turned off all the lights and said, I'm the only one who knows how to get back to the entrance. If I left you here, you'd probably never find your way out. Anyone lost in this cave would no doubt become insane within a week because of the oppressive darkness and loneliness. Be quiet for a moment and feel the darkness after about 30 seconds, someone in the party couldn't stand it any longer and cried out, Turn on the lights. I'm going crazy now. I know that feeling. I've had a guy do that in Cudjoe's Cave near where I was born in Middlesboro, Kentucky. The text in Isaiah 48, 16-22 reads like this, Come ye near unto me. Hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret. From the beginning, from the time it was, there am I. And now the Lord God and His Spirit hath sent me. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way thou shouldest go. Oh, that thou had hearkened unto my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Peace like a river, because our righteousness are as the waves of a sea. Friend of mine, we need to find the true path to peace. It can't be in fortune, and it can't be in fame, for the world has achieved these goals, but they haven't found the peace 
that only comes in knowing and bowing to Jesus Christ and putting our trust in the Lord. You know, the Bible said, Great peace have they which love thy law. Ah, friend of mine, this great God that loves us so much wants to help us find our true resting place. You know, the Bible said that that godliness with contentment is great gain. It's when you find that place, and I find that place, where I can truly rest in Him. Rest assured that my soul is in His safekeeping. Rest assured that He is with me no matter what I face in my life. Rest assured that He will hear my cry if I have a crisis and call upon Him. I can rest assured that He will defend me that He will take care of me, that He will lead me, that He will guide me. You can't buy that. You know why you can't buy it? It's not because you don't have enough money, because it's not for sale in any marketplace in all of the world. A friend of mine, Jesus, said, I've spoken these things unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And the way back to God is in returning to that place of trust, that place of surrender, that place of casting our cares upon Him, knowing that He cares for us. First Peter. First Peter tells us in chapter 5 and verse 7, casting all of your care upon Him because He cares for you. Actually, in the Amplified, it says, casting all of your care, the whole of your anxiety, once and for all, upon Him, because He cares for you and watches over you affectionately. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said to cast our care upon the Lord, and He would sustain us in the Old Testament. Cast our care upon the Lord. Cast our worries upon the Lord. Cast our concerns upon the Lord. And He will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. Glory be to God. Isaiah 30 and verse 15 says, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. You see, friend, our strength is in resting in the Lord, in quietness and in confidence. Jeremiah six sixteen and 17 says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk in it. Then you will find rest for your soul. But they said, We will not walk in it. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not listen. The old paths return to the old paths. Walk in the old straight paths, and you will find rest, our God says. Return, rest, and then be quiet and confident in God. Jesus is the leader, and He will give you rest and peace. 
to register costs nothing except your cares. You have to cast them upon God, and peace will be given to you. What do you prefer, busyness and distraction or rest and peace? Dryness and weakness or fruitfulness and strength, death or life? Really, it's that critical. No matter, the matter of the rest in the Lord is a spiritual fight, a battle between fruitfulness and unfruitfulness, a battle between peace and anxiety. Philip Yancey describes the Psalms as a spiritual medicine cabinet that you can refer to in order to deal with any issue in your life. To this day, many editions of the New Testament include the Psalms as if they represent an indispensable core of our faith. These lyrics are so very precious to us. God is our refuge. I'm just going to quote one psalm that I've went back to time and time again in the day of crisis and trouble. Psalm 46. And it simply says, God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the mountains be removed and cast into the midst of the sea. Praise God. It is so good to know in the time of crisis, in the time of calamity, that God is still in control, that God is still on the throne, and that God is with us, that Christ is standing by us. Uh, there's a song that came out of the late 50s, early 60s that was became a pop song and it was interpreted as, a, as some uh, woman standing by her man and if the man could just have her love and her support, he could get through anything. But it wasn't originally written with a woman in mind, but with God in mind and with Christ in mind. When the sky we look upon as the lyrics should tumble and fall, and the mountains suddenly crumble to the sea. No, I won't be afraid, I won't shed one tear, just as long as you stand, stand by me. I couldn't find a Christian station on the way to a revival on the east coast of Florida many, many years ago. I was on the Beeline Expressway headed for Merritt Island for a revival meeting that night. And I was looking for inspiration to where I could just unclutter my mind and, and, and be open to the Holy Spirit for what I should speak and, and that He would literally speak through me. And I couldn't find any music, but I did find an, a 50s oldie station on the V-Line. <laughs> and when I did, they were playing the song, Stand By Me. And I knew the history behind it that originally the lyrics were not written about a woman supporting her man and a man leaning upon that woman's support. I'm going to tell you something. I love my wife. We've been married 53, going on 54 years. And, and I lean on my wife. But if the mountains crumble to the sea, I'm going to tell you right now, if something shakes that strong, I can't lean on my wife. We'll both be running, running somewhere to find someone and some place to shelter. A friend of mine, we both know the someone, and we know the place. We know our resting place is in Jesus Christ, 
our resting place is in the Lord. I begin to sing that old 50 song with Christ in view, with God in view. And I felt the sweet, wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit and His great peace, God's peace, began to rule and reign. And then I could hear clearly the Holy Spirit speaking. God gave me the message before I got to the meeting, and I knew what God wanted me to say. I just took a secular song and Christianized it because before it was secular, it was spiritual. Hallelujah. Amen. In 1977, in the height of the Cold War, uh, a brilliant young uh, Russian uh, mathematician and chess player was arrested by the KGB for his repeated attempts to immigrate to Israel. He spent 13 years inside the Soviet gulag. From morning to evening, he read and studied all 150 of the Psalms in Hebrew. He so cherished his copy of the Old Testament collection of Psalms that when the guards took it away from him, he lay in the snow, refusing to move until they returned it. And he writes that he cherishes the Psalms this much because when he reads them, and I'm going to quote him, gradually my feeling of great loss and sorrow changes into one of bright hopes. During those 13 years, his wife traveled around the world campaigning for his release. Accepting an honorary degree on his behalf, she once told a university audience, and I quote again, in a lonely cell in Christopher prison, locked alone with the Psalms of David, my husband found expression for his innermost feelings in the outpourings of the King of Israel thousands of years ago. Friend of mine, there is rest in the Lord. When we look to Him, when we trust in Him, we can rest and wait patiently for Him. That's what Psalm 37 and verse 7 declares. Let us wait patiently in the Lord and rest in Him. Let's never leave any foreign seed to spring in our garden and make our tree barren. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. It's so easy to get distracted in our world. Busyness is a modern illness from which many of us suffer. Rest is its opposite. And of the things the Lord came to offer in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30 this is what He said. This is that place that He wants us to return to, wants us to rediscover in this fast-paced, post-modern world in which we live. Jesus said, Come unto me, Matthew eleven twenty-eight and 30, All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gently and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, this is not the the yoke that you immediately uh, uh, probably conjure up in your mind. 
this this yoke is not uh, like the yoke for oxen and Christ's head is in one side, your head is in the other, and because of his magnificent strength, you and Jesus are pulling. No, friend of mine, that's not the yoke. Christ's yoke was that yoke that was put on a sheep that would escape from from the corral that it was in from the confines and the and the place of safety and go off on its own and fall prey to predators or fall off a precipice because friend sheep cannot survive without a shepherd sheep cannot survive without the watch care of a shepherd and they must stay within the confines of that place of safety for the shepherd to take care of them. It was a yoke. I, I, the best way I can explain it is, is two bows for bow and arrows uh, tied together, and you pull them apart and put them around the sheep's neck. It was fashioned in that fashion. So when they went up to the, to the gap, gaping hole in the fence, they couldn't push through. That yoke would hold them back. And what was Christ's yoke? What is his yoke? Jesus said it very clearly in the volume of the book. It is written, I came to do thy will, the will of my Father. My words are not mine. My works are not mine. But what I hear my Father say, what I see my Father do. Take my yoke. You can see it in the Garden of Gethsemane. There's any other way. If there's any other way to to bring salvation to fallen man, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. Oh, friend of mine, let this mind be in you, the New Testament teaches, that was in Christ the Lord. You can see that obedience, that total devotion to follow through with what he came here to accomplish. When he left Geth- Gethsemane, he set his face like a flint. There was absolutely no turning back from the cross. The Bible said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ the Lord, who though he thought it not robbery to be called equal with God. Amen. He took on himself the form of a servant, humbled himself and took on himself the form of a servant and became obedient even to the death of the cross. Ah, but friend of mine, I want you to know that angels came when Christ left the garden and ministered unto him. Whatever grace he needed, whatever strength he lacked, he received from the Father's hand to obey the Father's will. And friend of mine, I want you to know today when we take His yoke upon us and we commit ourselves to follow Jesus Christ and not follow what the culture says will fulfill us, we will find the abundant life and we will find the promised precious peace. And once again, when we seek to be led of the Holy Spirit and not influenced by the culture around us, we are going to find what we are looking for in Jesus, what the world can never achieve and the world can never attain. And we're going to be able to do as the psalmist said, lay down in green pasture. 
the shepherd would go out to that sheep that couldn't lay down. He would gently press down upon that sheep's head, speaking words of comfort and consolation until that sheep with the the consolation of the shepherd himself would lay down confident that that shepherd was taking care of him and he didn't have to worry about anything. He He could slip into that peaceful sleep of peace and confidence and consolation. And today, there is no pleasure, there is no sin, there is no fortune, there is no fame, there is no place in this world to find that peace, except in the Prince of Peace Himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray today that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, I know what you're doing, you're running to and fro, you're trying this, you're trying that. You're looking for that that only God can give you and only God can grant you. And if you're a Christian today, I pray that you'll begin to lean on Jesus like you've never leaned on Jesus and looked to Jesus like you've never looked to Jesus that you might return to your resting place. Oh, there is peace in the Prince of Peace today. Today, if you don't know Him, would you call upon His name? Would you repent of your sins right now, right where you are? I believe the Lord is speaking to your heart right now. Would you repent of your sin and invite Jesus into your heart, into your life, and let the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your heart and keep your mind and lead you to heaven forever. Our friend, our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.